Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Just James! It's your host, James. I have my absolutely beautiful co-host Thomas next to me. For those of you new to my podcast, Thomas is my plant, my beautiful phone. And he is the brains behind this operation and the sexiest man in my house. So yeah, he's good. He's good. He's loving summer. I finally, finally have a little plant growing from that fuck off seed that I bought. Um... I, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, I've been trying to get these little seeds to grow. And on it, it actually has um, a section on the section that says, fuck off. So when you actually grow the plant, the plant says, fuck off. It's hilariously funny. Um, and I've, I've struggled so hard to get this plant to actually take off. And one of them just never grew. It got moldy. I think I, I, think I drowned it in too much water. And this one sort of started growing, finally got a root and now has a leaf so as an obsessed plant mom i'm very 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 happy so i'm so chuffed and so proud and i just wanted to tell you guys about it because i'm so excited and i'm probably gonna have to make a tiktok because i'm just too excited and i have to (laughs) but yeah all is good in the hood guys uh i had a very busy weekend i have to admit but don't worry i didn't hurt my ankle this time uh, I went to a braai with some friends and I didn't wear my boot. Uh, you know, I just, I kind of just didn't want to be that person that like had all the attention and, you know, it is, it is getting to a point now that I can finally put a shoe back on. Um, but of course, 20 minutes in, it swelled up. It was so sore. I had to put my foot up for the entire braai, stay seated. And then I just felt like I really was attention seeking. So I sort of like, I just should have worn the bloody boot and not worried about it. Um, and I have a meeting this weekend with a potential customer and he's like, why don't we just cycle to this, like this nursery, um, have a bite, uh, a bite to eat and then cycle back and we can have a business chat on the way. And I was just like, um, I would love to, but you'll never guess what I did to my ankle. So I don't know if he thinks it's like a massive excuse for me not wanting to cycle with him. Uh, but I actually thought it was a really nice work meeting idea. I thought it's so different. Get you both out of your comfort zones. You're doing something healthy. You're outdoors. And I really loved the idea. Uh, so I was quite disappointed that I that I actually, I'm just very concerned about my ankle. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a good shot for my ankle. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. So yeah, other than that, I have, do I have any great news for you? What fabulous things have happened this week? Um... Uh, oh, actually, there's a very tragic thing. Um, you know, a good couple of weeks ago, I spoke in the UK. Um, so there's a young girl called Sarah Everard who was walking home and went missing. And it was later discovered that a police officer, uh, had kidnapped and raped her. And, um, they've had the court case this week. And I just want to take a really quick moment to acknowledge her father, Jeremy, and her sister, Katie, who had to spend that time in the courtroom. And the police officer, Wayne Cousins, has actually pleaded guilty and admitted to to kidnap and rape. And it's just, 
I know we spoke about this before and I sort of, you know, I had my, my say in that podcast. Um, but I just want to take a moment to, um, acknowledge and, and just how sorry I am for her family, for what they're going through at the moment. Um, oh, I'm actually getting very teary about it. Um, you know, it's something that really hits home for a lot of a lot of us in the UK. You know, unfortunately, this I come from a country with with quite a really severe crime rate, um, and an even higher probably rape rate. And um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of South Africans get a little bit numb to it because it just it happens around us so much. Um, but I don't want to take away from how tragic this this um occurrences and um you know i'm really sorry for her family and her friends and i just hope that um you know everything's okay and her family are okay and maybe they can get a little bit of peace so i'm not going to dwell on this i'm not going to sort of spend a lot of time talking about it but i did just want to acknowledge it because it's something that um you know i think has really hit hit a lot of of us in the uk at the moment so uh, I know there's a lot going on around the world, and I know that there's so many horrible things going on, but, um, you know, I can't acknowledge them all, and I can't talk about them all, but I try to, and, you know, I'm trying to educate myself on a lot of things, and, you know, I've always said on this podcast, if I don't know enough about it, I don't feel confident enough to talk about it, so there there are some things that, you know, I'm not acknowledging, and there's there's some things I'm not talking about, but simply because I've never personally experienced them, or I'm just not actually educated enough, and I would rather have somebody that is educated come on here and chat. But let's move on. Um, as I mentioned, I went to a barbecue on Saturday. We call it a bra in South Africa, and um, I kind of thought about it, and I thought, you know, it's getting to that season now where a lot more bras are happening. Uh, you know, everybody's getting out and about. We're slowly, you know, defrosting out of lockdown. And um, I thought, you know, as we start going and doing stuff with our friends and families, that maybe we should look at the etiquette for barbecues. Uh, I call it a bra. I'm going to keep calling it a bra because my brain just it doesn't think of it as a barbecue. And then I have to constant, constant, consistently think about the word. Um, so I just thought about like being, being, you know, the etiquette. Sorry, there's some kids screaming outside my flat. I hope you can't hear that. Um, I've closed all the windows because I live near a train track. And um, unfortunately, sometimes you do hear the trains. But I've closed all the windows and there's these kids screaming outside. So I'm sitting in like a really stifling hot room doing this podcast because I don't go to a podcast studio. I do this from home because I like the rawness of it. I just think, this is me. You're in my lounge. You're in my home. And I'm just talking shit with you. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry about the kids if you can't hear them. Right. So... I thought about like the barbecues and sort of like or bras and things that um you know you you should you should sort of consider. And I think the very first thing that people have to take into consideration when they're going to barbecues is to actually arrive on time. Now I on Saturday was running late and suddenly I was meant to be there at 2:30 and at like 10 to 2 was still standing in a towel like half makeup on hadn't dried my hair. So I sort of texted the host and I was like I'm so sorry I'm running about half an hour late which was fine. Um, but you know, it is, it is sort of etiquette to arrive there on time, you know, um, you don't want to sort of get there, um, with something that you have to still defrost, uh, you know, make sure that whatever you bring is sort of ready to bribe because you never know when the host is going to want to cook. 
So I would say bring something that's ready to go. Um, in the UK, I know I know the states can sometimes be different where you sort of host, you provide the, like, everything for the braai. You just have your guests over. But in the UK and in South Africa, it's a very much like bring and braai. So you bring your own meat, you bring your own booze. Um, and then the hosts normally do like a salad or sides, you know, whatever, whatever you're going to do. So that's how it works for us. So uh, the the advice I'm giving you is sort of like from the way I do a braai sort of thing. And like, you know, you bring your own meat, you bring your own booze. So bring, bring your own meat that's sort of like ready to go rather than the host trying to then defrost your meat for you um and uh you know if somebody sort of does say to you do you want to come try not be too vague you know you know be like yeah i'll swing around you know i'll see if i've got time you know if somebody invites you they've taken the time to include you into their day so either come or don't come you know obviously you may have other plans you sort of like double booked you're trying to fit in both there is slightly different reasonings behind stuff but i'm saying like if you had a blank day with nothing to do the best thing to do is try, like, be um, be on time, you know. And the thing is, like, if you are invited to somebody else's house, um, don't just rock up with your own mates and, like, partners and date and things like that. You know, you, you, that person in particular has created a guest list that they would like to socialize with. And the implication of that is because they want to mingle or they want to include you into something with their friends or, you know, or with your group of mates. And I think that just sort of bringing along your own host, especially if they're catering for you, can be a little bit rude. If you are going to bring somebody along with you is ask the host in advance and just be like, hey, do you mind if James comes along? Uh, and, you know, if they say no or, you know, it makes them uncomfortable, then leave it. You know, you, you've... Um, You've been invited. I wouldn't stress about who else is going to be there. You know, you're going to have to spend time with strangers because you never know. You might just find your new best friend. Um, and I think that whoever's hosting the event wouldn't have put a group of people together that they don't think you would sort of get along with as well because I think they would know you enough to be like, oh, I don't know if James is going to like her. Um, so I'm sure that'll be think, thought about, but definitely just don't bring along like your own mates in tow, especially if food has been cooked for you. I think it's, it's, um, it's, you know, I, I suppose it's just rude and, um, be, you know, beware of anti-social media. So what I mean by that is check the host is cool with you sharing sort of like pictures of their home, pictures of their kids things like that, you know, not everybody is comfortable be having their children on social media these days, not everybody, you know, sort of wants their privacy sort of shown on, on social media, you know, a lot of us sort of just take pictures of our mates and that's fine and we do that, but you know, if you're sort of taking pictures of people's homes, you know, be like, oh, this is the gorgeous home I'm in today, um, you know, that is somebody else's private property, and yeah, it's just an etiquette thing. It's just do it just to be kind, you know, just be like, oh, do you mind if I post this beautiful picture of your house or whatever the case may be? Oh, do you mind if I post this picture of your kids in the swimming pool? Because there are some, unfortunately, we're in a day and age where there's predators out there. And, you know, like for me who doesn't have children, you know, sometimes I wouldn't have thought about like the kids swimming naked in a paddling pool, you know, because with you and your friends, they're just like your kids having fun. But on the internet, it's not. Somebody can, you know, somebody can take those pictures. It's just, 
we just live in a day and age where you've got to be so careful with what you post um, and be the good neighbor. You know, um, if you are the host in particular, is warn your neighbors, you know, send them a little email, send them a little note, maybe like a little gift, invite them along if they want to. Um, you know, but if, if somebody was, because we're in summer now and somebody had done a huge load of laundry, all their linen, their towels, their bedding, uh, all their laundry and put it out on the lawn to try and get it nice, you know, nicely washed. And all of a sudden you start a braai, that person could have maybe like rethought their laundry because they're trying to take all of that stuff inside when they've got gorgeous weather. Everything of this is going to smell like braai smoke. So, you know, I would just, just be courteous, let your neighbors know what your intentions are, what time you intend on being closed, you know, finishing off. So that it's just courteous. Um, and then know your limits as well. You know, if you're inviting 20 people, but your grill can only accommodate six six things at a time, you know, you're going to literally be cooking for like six hours to like accommodate everybody's food. And, you know, if you wanted to do like a, an 18-hour slow roast shoulder lamb or something like that, you know, that you could do on the bride for hours. Then, of course, you know, if you started it at 9 in the morning and everybody's arriving at 2, it's not going to be ready because it's an 18-hour, like, cooker. So, it's sort of, like, plan your timing. Make sure that your guests can eat. You know, sometimes, um, you know, make sure there's, like, party preservatives. Make sure there's, like, chippies and some, like, little snacky things that people can eat in the day. Because if you're anything like my mates who drink, like, hooligans and uh, the booze can get flowing and sometimes you just need some snacks, um... <laughs> I did that on Saturday. We we were drinking sort of in the afternoon, uh, and the food sort of wasn't wasn't quite quite any close to being cooked. So I brought two packets of crisps with you know just as courtesy, and actually opened one of my own packets of crisps, and there was just like snacking on crisps for ages until we got food. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's always I think you've also got to respect the environment of where you are. So. You know, we, the, the, the bride we were at on Saturday was in like a communal garden. So they, my beautiful friends had let their neighbors know that we were going to use the garden, made all the right plans and all of that. And then of course, at the end of the evening, because it's a communal garden, you know, the next morning, somebody else may want to use that space. So what I really liked about my mates is that when it was like time to be done, is that everybody chipped in and everybody just picked up a plate and a bowl and like a, a table and a chair and moved everything upstairs and made sure that the, the the lounge, made sure that the garden was left in like pristine condition. And I, I just thought that that was like, it was really noticeable, you know, make sure that you're not the one that's leaving trash behind, even, you know, you, even when you're in somebody else's home. I always like to sort of offer to come in the next morning and help tidy up. Um, you know, that's not always necessary because, you know, if you're hosting, you know, you sort of take on the responsibility of cleaning. But I still like to put the offer out there. And if somebody went, absolutely, James, come and help me tidy up, I would graciously do it. Uh, not only because I love cleaning, but also because it's just a nice thing to do. It's just a courteous thing to do when you've got your, you know, your friends have hosted you. Or before I leave that evening is I will go and actually wash all the dishes. So make sure that the kitchen's tidy for them. So, you know, whether they still party after the after the the fact of me leaving, at least I've done something really nice. So the host the next morning doesn't have to wash like 37 plates. You know, it's all done it's tidied up. I've packed them away for them and made their life just a little bit easier. 
And I often do that with quite a lot of my friends. Um, another thing is, you know, if somebody, if you know somebody is having a, a bra, but you didn't actually necessarily get the invitation and then you just rock up, sometimes just pitching up can be really rude. Uh, you know, it may, I suppose it depends on who your friend is and the relationship that you have with that friend. But in general, just pitching up to somebody's house without an invitation is, is, is not seen as the right thing to do. And I try and pitch in as much as I can, you know. I'll sort of, I'll always bring a snack, I'll bring a packet of crisps, um, you know, bring my own booze. I always ask beforehand if I can make any salads or sides. And, you know, always like offer to, to do something, you know, if, even if you're not, um, sort of like a foodie offer if you can bring like some cheeses and some crackers um, you know setting out a bride for all of your friends can sometimes be quite an expensive um, adventure so if you're if you can just contribute sort of like a little bit and, and do something really kind to help sort of take some financial pressure off off the person hosting sometimes that's really nice um, and yeah and then you know some people don't if you're hosting and you know you have to like cook up you know this day and age you've got to consider like a meat-free option i know like south africans we all eat an insane amount of meat um i'm not vegetarian in any possible way but you know if i was having a friend come around that isn't a meat eater that is a vegetarian or vegan is you know ensure that you're also catering for everybody that's coming along so you know Wearing like a meat is murder t-shirt were probably not the greatest idea. <laughs> but, you know, if you do invite somebody that, that does have dietary restrictions, you sort of take that into consideration. I always make sure I bring along plenty of booze. The fridges are full. You know, everybody can sort of have something to drink. Um, and then I tr one of the things I try to do is don't interfere. You know, if you're at somebody else's bra and you don't want to sort of like backseat drive their cooking, you know, you don't want to backseat drive the way that they've set up anything, their grill master, um, you're the guest, you're not the, you're not the host, um, and, you know, if you were the host and, and somebody was sort of like telling you how to do things in your home, sometimes it can make you feel like you're, you're not doing an, a sufficient job, so just take that in, into consideration, and, um, you know, credit the chef, you know, if somebody's taken the time and they've, like, made a brine, they've cooked for everybody, just thank them for, like, you know, taking that time. Because it's not an easy task to do. Um, you know, I, I, you know, thank them, say, like, oh, my word, you've served such great food. Just make somebody feel good. Help them set up the table when, when they're getting everything ready. You know, if you got there um, early and they hadn't set up, it was offer to help, you know. Um Sometimes, you know, sneaking back from seconds before everybody else has eaten can be seen as quite rude. You know, make sure that everybody's had something to eat before you sort of like take a second helping. Um, and sort of like when you do go home is thank them so much for having you. On um, Sunday morning after our bri, uh the host of the bri actually phoned and thanked me for coming. And I loved that he did that. I just felt like it was just such a beautiful touch to because nobody really does that anymore. And he just sort of picked up the phone and went, I just want to thank you so much for coming to my bri yesterday. And I was just like, well, thank you so much for having me. It You know, it was my pleasure to be there. So thank you for the invitation. Um, you know, it's always, it's the same thing as when somebody gives me a gift. I will always send a thank you card. Like, it's just, 
it's just what I do. You've taken the time to give me a gift. So I will take the time and give you a thank you. And I just think little tiny, I mean, look, I'm not saying you guys need to do this in any way. This is just me and my perspective. But I will always um, do that. It's just it's just something I do. I'm looking at summer ideas. We've got this beautiful, you know, we've been in lockdown. We've been stuck at home and I was looking for things to do. So, I mean, there's hundreds of things to do. But I thought I'd look in like outdoor, indoor, crazy adventure, kids, romantic, friends, and self-care, and then self-improvement. So those are like the ones that I thought of. And then I thought I'd look at like five things in each. So for outdoor, one of the things I really want to do this year, and I've never, I mean, I've done this in South Africa. We used to go strawberry picking. You see these beautiful strawberry farms in, in, in Cape Town. And I remember as a kid going strawberry picking with my parents and it was so much fun. But I want to find somewhere to go fruit picking and get some like really cool fruit. The only thing is, is that I don't particularly like apples. I like apple crumble, which which I was actually weirdly had this conversation with Kendall this morning. She phoned me <coughs> and um, I said, I love apple crumble, but I hate apples. I don't like apples. So I don't want to go like apple picking or anything like that. But I want to find like a nice like fruit farm of some sort in like the UK and like go, go and do some fruit picking. So I thought that would be a really cool thing. Um, I thought maybe like uh, take a staycation somewhere, do something like fun that's outdoorsy, maybe like Lake District or I'm in the UK. Um, you know, I suppose I'd love to sort of hang out in, in the States as well. There's so much that I want to do there. But at the moment, with the travel restrictions, I'm, I'm staying put. I'm not leaving. I'm staying in the UK this year. So I thought maybe like a staycation somewhere where we could do like little hikes or like fun things like that. I want to like go to a fair somewhere or like a water park. I think those would be so fun. Um, you know, especially once my ankle's healed, I want to sort of like like do things like that. Maybe go for a hike on a trail um, you know, I want to like maybe do like a cool scavenger hunt and like do like really fun outdoorsy things this summer. Um, and then like indoor things, you know, I, we, I recently went back to the, the cinemas. That was so fun because I haven't been to the movie in so long. So we watched Cruella, which I spoke about in another podcast. Um, I want to sort of like, like make a four. I mean, we did kind of fought in the lockdown, so I don't think I want to do that again. Sorry. Um, like, but find like a new little indoor hobby or like a nice little recipe. I definitely want to host some dinner parties now that I can have people back in my flat, um, and sort of like make some nice sangria and just sort of like do like indoor fun things. Look at getting some more indoor plants this year. I am going to the nursery with a potential customer on Saturday and I might actually just stay after our meeting at the nursery and um and get a couple of little indoor plants i don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see what i can find i'll let you guys know on my next podcast how that goes um you know let's i want to do some like crazy fun adventures like go and visit a waterfall um you know go drink champagne in an inflatable boat i want to sort of go roller skating i haven't roller skated since i was such a little kid and I really thought about it, I thought I really want to go roller skating again. Like, just like, 
pack a little picnic, get on some roller skates, go with like a mate or two, go somewhere fun and then like have a little picnic and come back. I thought that'd be so cool. Um, you know, I can't really like, I'm not one for camping. I personally am not a fan at all. Um, you know, but maybe like throw a dart at a map and then go somewhere different as well. And just like have a spontaneous little holiday, but that doesn't involve camping. So it would definitely result in me sort of finding like a little hotel somewhere. But I'd love to go and do something or like go to like a nice outdoor concert or um, like a, a festival or something like, like a day festival because I'm not one to sleep in the, in the mud. So like something like... Um, Glastonbury just does not interest me because five days of sleeping in the mud, I'm just not into it. But I do like a day concert that you can go somewhere for the day and then be like, all right, I'm done, home time. And then I come all the way home. Um, I don't have like small people, I don't have any children, but there's so many like fun things you can do with your kids. You can like build a den in the garden, uh, play basketball, rounders. Um, you can camp in the garden, play Pokemon Go create like an obstacle course um or visit like a little theme park with them so those are sort of some or play hide and seek or like twister you know there's so many things uh blow big bubbles there's things you can do with the kids um i mean romance is probably like a difficult yeah it's, i mean these would just be ideas i'm not for me uh because i'm i don't have a significant partner but um, you know, you can go stargazing, you can go to a drive-in movie, you can book a night in a fancy hotel, go to the beach, watch your favorite children's movie. I, I mean, I suppose any of these ideas I could just do with my mates as well. It doesn't have to be a romance. Uh, you know, I'm doing Huckle Summer, so <laughs> Huckle Single Girl Summer. Uh, so paddle boarding in the lake, um, watch the sunset on a hill. There's some really sweet ideas there. And then like for my friends, so I, for my mom's birthday, gave her this uh it's a pack i bought it i actually bought it on amazon so my mom loves murder mysteries she absolutely adores them and i couldn't really i, I don't i can't remember if i spoke about this in my podcast or not or i might not have because she would have listened to i can't remember anyway so for her birthday i bought her this little pack that you open up and you it's basically like a case file and then you have to try and solve the murder so you get your suspects, you get newspaper articles, you get like clues, you get all these things you do and you have to try and solve the murder. So my mom has said she wants to do it with myself and a friend of mine and we're going to have like a murder mystery party and we're going to try and like solve the little murder. So I'm going to do that and I said to her, well maybe we should find like a nice little outdoor pub or like a nice little boutique or something and go somewhere and like have like high tea or you know, have a couple of drinks and try and like do the puzzle. I thought that was a really nice day out. Um, so I want to do something like that. Go to like a, I want to maybe like fancy dress party or something. Go play mini golf. Um, sort of go bowling, go on a wine tour, um, rent a hot tub. There's all these things that I want to do this summer. Everything outdoors. And then I think like I just need to do like some self-care as well. You know, have like a do it, do it myself spa day. Um, you know, watch the sunset. I want to sort of like plant little plants and have like just do things for myself this year. Just like self-care. And because I'm in such a great place with work and with my friends and with my life and my family, 
I just kind of like, I feel like I could dance around my house every day at the moment and I'm so happy, but I also have to, even though I'm in a good place, is take that moment and like be in the good place, you know, take care of myself as well. And I want you guys to, you know, drink your herbal tea, drink your water, make sure you're eating, make sure you're writing in your daily journals and you're doing your juice cleansers and, um, you know, you're walking outside with no shoes on. It's so soul cleansing and I think it's so important that we all just take that moment and care for ourselves um you know I want to maybe like learn a new skill this year and you know maybe try and draw something or paint something or like you know read a book and do something that's going to be like really fun and motivational and I think that's going to be my summer I'm like kind of on this like happy place summer at the moment so um I really want you guys to be as well um, other than that, you know, my brother's little baby was due on Sunday. It's now Wednesday and this bloody baby's not here. Where are you, baby nephew? Come out. So, uh, I was looking at ways that you can naturally induce labor and I was trying to like give her advice. And I thought, oh, well, if I'm going to do it for them, I'm going to do it for you. So one of the things you can use is castor oil. It's apparently one of the most popular natural suggestions. So, because castor oil is a laxative, a natural laxative. So, <laughs> for those of you guys that don't want to hear this, <coughs> I'll try and rush through it really quickly. I was going to say skip forward like a minute, but I didn't. I don't actually know how long I'm going to talk this for. So, that doesn't work when you're doing this <laughs> live, hey. Uh, yeah, so castor oil is so one of them exercise and moderate exercise is safe and highly recommended during pregnancy unfortunately there isn't any exercise that sh that would help induce labor but um <laughs> somebody i know walked 40 city blocks trying to coach the little one out and didn't really work um acupuncture can work apparently pineapple i didn't know that so fresh pineapple the um in particular the core the middle part um, has got an enzyme called bromelain, which is commonly used as meat tenderizer. This enzyme breaks on the proteins in tissue and what makes your tongue tingle and mouth develop sores when you eat pineapple. The popular theory is that sometimes that bromelain, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, by the way, uh, from the pineapple makes its way to your cervix and causes a breakdown of tissues, which causes the cervix to soften and stimulate labor. Um, of course, there's the good old, the reason you got into this mess in the first place. You could have just a little bit of like, like intercourse. That should work because apparently sp sperm can help like uh, start everything. Uh, herbal remedies, herbs such as blue and black cohosh, raspberry leaf tea and evening primrose can prepare your uterus for labor. Now, I heard, I the, what I heard today, I actually heard... Who told me this? Oh, I saw a TikTok. That's what it was. I saw a TikTok that n nipple stimulation is the probably the only effective way to actually stimulate uh, childbirth. But I don't know how true that is. I just saw it on the TikTok. And that's what made me think about looking up ways to induce labor for my brother, or for his fiance. So because the mother causes the letdown of breast milk, it causes... Uh, uterine contractions and return to normal uterine size which is why women who breastfeed generally have a heavier bleed oh, i'm not gonna read that um all right um 
So apparently our nipple simulation, I'm not going to read that. It's just too, um, it's too graphic for, for my podcast and the fact that I don't have small people. But apparently that's what works. Uh, spicy food and membrane stripping. So um, it's a week before your due date. Oh, oh, all right. So, oh my word, why did I read this? Why did it say that? With, and I hadn't read it. Uh, because basically you have to put your finger into the cervical open. Ah! All right, never mind. I'm stopping this conversation. I can't. I can't. And I mean, like, you guys have to listen to me talking about this. So, sounds guys. <laughs> all right, let me rethink this through. You know what? I, oh, all right, so we have a so uh, we I have a friend who started dating a boy who my group of friends didn't particularly like. Um, we we're from different sort of backgrounds. Um, there was something that had happened at a party, and I don't really want to talk about it because I I think that the person, if he listens to the podcast, I feel quite singled out. Um, Something happened, we don't like, my friends don't like the boy. And it came up at the Brian Saturday that they were quite relieved that my friend is no longer with this boy. Um, so I thought of looking at ways that, you know, what you can do if you don't like your friend's partner. And I think the first thing is to not be too reactive. You know, if you're going to tackle this a potential major issue, um, you have to do it level-headed. You can't just tell your friend how you feel about the partner um, because they're the person that's actually like falling for that person. They wouldn't be with that person if they didn't find an attraction for a reason. You know, in the, in the event that you decide you need to say something to your friend, um, try and just be a little bit like objective. You know, try and like do it, approach the situation um, so that your friend doesn't immediately become defensive or upset with what you've said. It also helps if you sort of have some like situation diffusers up your sleeve. So if you really can't stand the person, you don't want to spend time with that person, make sure that you you sort of like give some neutral and positive qualities about why you feel that way. And maybe the conversation would be a little less fueled. Um, Try and find something good in that person. You know, the last... I always try and see the best in people. And if I don't like you, then there's a very good reason I don't like you. And that, and I probably never will. Um, but I like everybody I meet when I meet you. And if I don't, there's a very good reason for it. But most people I just get along with. And that's just my personality. I just sort of like, I see the best in people. Um, but, you know, your friend, as long as your friend isn't in a toxic or abusive relationship then try and give that partner a bit of benefit of the doubt, you know. Try and identify some qualities that you like. Maybe you'll actually learn to like that person when you get to know them a bit better. Maybe they genuinely have been through something or there's a reason they behave the way that they do that you just haven't had the privilege of understanding yet. So try and find a way to redeem, you know, a redeeming quality in that person. And focus your attention on the quality. You know, maybe it's just first bad impression. And, you know, maybe their level of maturity or their wisdom doesn't match yours. But it could potentially um, become a great friendship. You know, you never know. Maybe, ju- you know, trust your friend's judgment 
But, you know, I'm saying that this is like in the ideal world. I'm not saying, and I'm saying this is without an abusive relationship and this is without a manipulative relationship that that person's in. I'm saying like, you've just met him and you're like, I fucking hate the wanker, I don't like him. And then you try and like break your mate up. But actually, when you when you get to know him, you're like, oh my God, when I met you, I hated you, but now you're such a great person. Like that's, that's the situation I'm referring to. I'm excluding like toxic, toxicity and like serious reasons why you don't like this this person. This is this is how I'm explaining this. You know, um, sometimes you can be a little like biased. You know, sometimes you you've already made the decision that their partner is trash, and um, you haven't really sort of like understood that person at all. You know, um, sometimes our brains are programmed to find examples to support um, trashy people, but. And you just see the bad things and you just want to protect your friend. And you just want to be there for them. But like also sometimes you have to let your friend make decisions. Um, you know, show your friends a better way. You know, being a good example is a good is is a good way to sort of help. So while you can't often logistically convince somebody to leave their partner, you can show them what a good relationship will look like. You know, maybe they don't realize that they're in, in a toxic relationship because they've never been in a healthy one. You know, if you sort of are well adjusted and you're treated well in your relationship and your relationships are chalk and cheese and there's no comparison, then show your partner that there is no comparison for a reason. Uh, teach a lesson. Don't be hypocritical because your friend might just simply need you to, to like be like, look what a good relationship looks like. Um Try and build in one-on-one time with your friend. You know, make sure that you still have a salvage relationship because sometimes if you immediately hate that person's partner but they want to stay with them, they can slowly start drifting away from you and sort of taking that partner's side. So do things that don't include the partner that you can still maintain and build your relationship. Um, You know, sometimes we get wrapped up in our relationships, especially in a new relationship you know, we sort of like spend every waking moment with that person and just want to be with that person all the time. And normally your friends are like, go, baby, go. Uh, but when you're in a toxic relationship, sometimes you just don't want to allow your friend to be in that relationship all the time. So make sure that you have someone in one time. And, you know, you can sort of like have friend dates and you're sort of there for your friends. Um, I would enforce boundaries as well if that person has is upsetting you uh, and there's still stuff that you feel that you need separated then create a boundary you know maybe if you don't want that person around you don't want that person coming to your home um, you know explain very clearly to your friend why there's circumstances to them not you know not being included um, and because it can also come off like you're a bad friend so emotional labor is complicated and you know everything you've got to help and learn each help each other learn and sort of like be there for each other and sometimes you have to let it go you know another way to make it through friendship bumps is to actually just be mindful of how your friend feels and remember that you can't control your friends you can't um you know accept that they've made a choice and they have to live with the results of their choices So if you keep proper boundaries and it's important to accept that they're in your life, not yours. And, 
you're free to make your own choices. They're free to make their own choices. And between that, you become friends, um, you know, and support them if there is abuse. You know, the trickiest part is, is that, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken about this with a perspective without looking at like an abusive or toxic relationship. But the reality is that sometimes that is the situation. And if you do suspect that your friend is being abused or hurt, you know, there's, there's shelters, there's therapies, there's things that you can do. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes somebody in an abusive relationship will run back. And in those cases, you just need to be there for that person. You need to be their, their rock for them. You know, no matter what, having a friend that's there for you is really, really helpful. And I mean, sometimes you you may have to like, you know, if somebody is experienced domestic abuse or sort of like domestic violence, you know, that's a whole very different conversation. It's a very different topic. Um, and in those cases, I think you, you need to sort of like take it a little bit more seriously and, and help your friend get away from that person. Um, but I'm hoping that in a cookie cutter world, I mean, I'm hoping, but it's not the, the honest truth that I hope that none of your friends are in that position and none of you are. But if anybody is and anybody just wants somebody to talk to that doesn't know you, that's completely separated from your life, you can always contact me. You can find me on my Instagram, just James Podcast, just underscore James Podcast. Uh, anything you, I'm not a trained professional. I'm not a trained therapist. I have to clear that. Um, but if you just need a shoulder to cry on, I'm here for you. Um, and I hope that everybody's okay. Guys, last week's conundrum, uh, I don't think anybody got it. Uh, I don't think Michelle even got it, to be honest. But um, where does uh, where does today come before yesterday? Where does today come before yesterday? And the answer is the dictionary. <laughs> so this week's conundrum, if you guys want to take a guess on my Instagram, again, DM me. Follow me on Instagram. I'm trying to grow that little page because you guys DM me. And then I'm like, follow me. And, you you know, I'd, I would love you all to follow me as much as you can. Um, uh, this week's is what has a bottom at the top? What has a bottom at the top? If you want to send me your answers to your Instagram. Guys, I've been hacked. I've been fucking hacked. So I don't know if you remember a little while ago, for those of you guys that follow my podcast, I got... I got screwed over. I responded to a link that I received. I just opened my eyes. I was half asleep. And it was for a bill due to, from the post office for £2.99. And I filled, in, I filled in the little answer sheet expecting to get the parcel because I was actually waiting for a parcel at the time. So I just – I didn't think it through. Put my banking details in. And it was fraud. And they they used my card and they did three Amazon purchases, uh, not Amazon, Argos purchases, and bought themselves pizza. So I suspect that this is the same group of people. That's that's what I think it is. Because I created like a username and a password when I did that. Now, I'm one of those dumbasses that has the same username and password for pretty much every account. Look, my Instagram, my banking uh, you know, all my social media, my banking, um, important accounts don't. That's a completely different password. But for like, you know, like my Sainsbury's login, my freaking, you know, like just stuff that is just like irrelevant to me. I have the same freaking password for, which I use that password for this freaking fraudulent thing. 
So what's happened is that they've obviously tried to get into as many things as they can with my with my uh, email and password, um, which of course most of the things they can get into are just like you know there's 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 no value behind them. But the one thing that did get into was my Pizza Hut uh, points. So I, I've been saving up, every time I buy pizza, I've been saving up my little points so that one day I can have like a pizza party and have completely free pizza. So I had like 12 pizza points in there. Oh, it's slices, they call them, from Pizza Hut, which is probably 10 of them. You could probably get one pizza. Well, that's what they freaking did. They went and stole a freaking free pizza and had a, had a, had a collection from the Islington Pizza Hut. So I suddenly was going to my emails and had an email to say, your pizza's ready for collection. I was going, what fucking pizza? Went in and realized that somebody stole my pizza points. So I'd phoned the Isl- Islington branch, but it was like way after, the, way after the fact. And they'd already collected the pizza. So I was like, oh, God damn it. You know, you stole my pizza points. So I, f- I emailed Pizza Hut and I, um, because the branch I phone said, look, they can't do anything from their side. I have to like go through customer service. So I emailed customer service and I was like, you'll never guess what happened. Somebody's broken into my account and stolen my pizza points. So anyway, I tried to change the password, but I couldn't change the password. I kept saying that my password wasn't strong enough. And no matter how many difficult ways I tried, it just wasn't accepting it. So I closed it down and I'd actually kind of like forgotten to do it again. So Pizza Hut, very kindly, a lovely lady called Anne, or Annie, I'm not sure what her name is, sent me an email back. She's like, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. We'll we'll gift you back 10 points. And then I said to her, well, I'm struggling to change the password. So she sent me a link for a new password. Well, blow me down within 15 minutes of them giving me the points back. Does this wanker not go in and steal 10 points again and order another pizza through Pizza Hut? But now, of course, it's the middle of the day. I'm busy doing work stuff. Kind of look at my emails. Yeah, so look at my emails. And this wank has taken another pizza. So the I then phone, the, oh, I email the pizza place back. And I was like, you will never believe this. This has literally happened a second time. By this stage, I'd now, um, like, um, changed the password, managed to get the password changed. But... Then, of course, um, that, that freaking got it twice. So she had actually phoned the Islington branch and was like, by the way, this has happened just so you guys are aware that, you know, somebody like jipped at the system and got a free pizza. And true as Bob, this bloody order had come through. So they were they had already knew that it was my name and all of that sort of stuff. So they were kind of like, can you believe this, like, douchebag? So when the person came to the pizza hut to now collect his pizza – they obviously told him that they knew it was a scam and tried to catch him, but he ran away and they couldn't catch him to place criminal charges because obviously, you know, you fraudulently, you know, even though it's a, just a pizza, it's still, you know, it's still a pizza. You're still fraudulently doing something in my name. So I phoned the Islington branch once I'd realized what had happened and they were like, James, you'll never believe this, but we actually, like, we were aware of it. We tried to catch the guy. We just couldn't get him. Uh, but we did try to do everything we can and going forward we just know nothing will come from you to this branch and I was like thanks so much and I had to sit and change my stupid little like password on everything and everything now has a different password so now I've got this ridiculously long list of things and I had to sit and think about a thousand different passwords to go with all my little things 
But um, it's done and dusted, and uh, I managed to get my little 10 points back. So my good service this week goes out to Anne at Pizza Hut. Uh, you did an amazing job. Thank you for believing me that it really wasn't me. Um, and you were just so gracious and so kind, and your email to me was just so, like, friendly. I really appreciated it. And, um, you know, good service is due where good service is. And I will remain a very loyal customer due to that. So thank you so much, guys. Um, my social media for this week, I'm following somebody called Dumb Dad Pod. And it's two dads. They do the most hilarious videos on, like, being a dad and what it's like to, like, have, teen you know, have, like, toddlers. Um, and they are so funny. So if you're looking for like a really funny dad podcast, uh, podcast, a very funny dad, like TikTok, um, they are definitely, definitely one to, to look for. You know, I'm at the moment I'm finding that I'm waking up every day and I think to myself, you know, how far can I push my little business in the next 24 hours? And I really want you guys to have that perspective about your day jobs and what you're doing today. And even, what what are your plans to just find your success today? And I just hope that everything is comes together for you guys and you have a really good week. And I look so forward to seeing you next week. And we'll chat soon. Okay, dream of puppies. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.